Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society Podcast. I'm Chet Zar. Today is episode, I don't even know. Um, <clears throat> let's see, what episode is it? Unprepared as usual. Let's see. Um, episode number 220. Today had a great interview with dark artist Camila Mwinarchik. Ah, I said it right. Camila Mwinarchik. It's actually not that hard once you say it. Camila Mwinarchik. <clears throat> doesn't look like it's spelled that way. But when you see her work, you'll know who I'm talking about. Um, she's really, really great. She kind of made her, her uh, uh, name for herself doing these super creepy art dolls she's been in the conjoined show many times and uh she also does these amazing illustrations <clears throat> and had a book has a book coming out that's on kickstarter right now um the uh uh link is in the description what is the name of the book i just i just uh uh <laughs> i'm so unprepared my wife's like we got to go and play badminton in five minutes I'm like, give me eight minutes. Um, oh, I can be myself when everyone I know is dead. That's the name of her book project on Kickstarter. There will be a <clears throat> link in the description. But uh, her work's great. She's It's hilarious and dark and super cool. Just great. And we had an excellent conversation. So that's coming up. <clears throat> Sorry, <clears throat> I just ate, so I'm kind of phlegmy. Um, yeah, I got to go uh, play my badminton. That's, that's our, uh, our exercise for the day. We play extreme badminton. We weigh down the shuttlecocks so that we have to hit them really hard. It's pretty fun. Anyway, um, so yeah, stay tuned for that. It's a really excellent interview. There's some weird hissing that, that came through. I tried to correct it with some filters, but a couple little hisses came through. So, uh just bear with us it's 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 worth it the interview's really good camila's off awesome <clears throat> so i have been i've just been recovering from the chaos show you probably could tell how tired i was on the last last week's podcast if you if you listened it was uh, uh brutal brutal and um i'm finally starting to feel myself again and uh still taking it slow it takes me longer to recover now from these crazy hours than it used to. But I got through it, and it's all good. So I um, I haven't even started kind of doing, getting caught up on what I need to get back into as far as work goes. Like I got I to gotta figure out um, new mystery boxes this year. Uh, I've got to figure out new stuff for that. <clears throat> um, what else? I don't even know yet because I haven't really even thought about it. Um, so, yeah. But, oh, I went and signed um, wall plaques at Copro and doodled wall plaques because we're still selling those for the Chaos Show. I dropped off prints, and uh, I did that on Saturday. Um, but other than that, I've just been kind of taking it easy. <clears throat> uh yeah, so really not much to report from here. Just not really doing much of anything, which is nice because I can't. I'm just too too beat, 
to beat. But it was all worth it. Anyway, so uh, let's get on with it. Um, oh, I know. Uh, 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 Misha George asked me to asked me this question. I need to start answering questions too. I think that was an interesting feature that I stopped doing. I need to create a, a, a an email just for questions for the show. Uh, he had a, a, a great question he wanted answered. So I'm going to read it. He said, Had a great time at the chaos opening, and I enjoyed last week's solo podcast about the chaos of putting the chaos show together. Any chance you were aware that the exhibit opened right in the middle of Mercury in retrograde, which is typically believed to be a period of heightened chaos? And was that purely coincidental or intentional at all? And, uh, you know, it was totally unintentional. Another one of those kind of magic things that happens when you let it. So, yeah, that was a trip, but it happened to be during <laughs> Mercury retrograde. Uh, pretty funny. I didn't, I didn't even think about it until he asked me that. But kind of perfect, really, for a show about chaos. So thanks for that, Misha. That was a really cool uh, observation. Uh, okay, so let's get with the, the new subscribers here. Um <clears throat> Uh, you can join um, the the Dark Art Society Patreon for only a dollar. It's cheap. You get in the, the uh, Facebook group and uh, get on the website, and there's all kinds of benefits. Get the podcast early. And just the main thing is the dollar entrance fee keeps out keeps the assholes out And because um, I find that trolls don't like to pay a dollar. <clears throat> People don't like to have to pay a dollar to be an asshole, seems like. So, um and uh, it keeps this podcast going. Pays me a little bit to to take the time to do it every week. And um, but really, like I said, it's really more of an entry keep to keep a, a barrier to keep out assholes. And um, from the Facebook group, and the Facebook group is amazing. The Dark Art Society Cooperative. I mean, there, there's a Dark Art Society members show happening at Skull and Snake Tattoo Shop. Um, Dan Kelly's putting together. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Everybody's supporting each other, helping each other out. It's really amazing. If you're a fan of dark art or, or a dark artist, it's the place to be. So it's uh, patreon.com slash dark art society. And um, here's the new, let me get the new members here. See, I had this set up and I screwed it all up. Uh, I, uh, let's see here. And then I'll, re I'll read your name off, too, as a new member. Okay, new members this week. Oh, Alan Smith, thank you for raising your pledge. That's very kind of you. Jacob Remfer, thank you. Ben, thank you. Um, Otis Chamberlain, thank you. And Black Meadow Gallery in Tattoo. Um that's it for this week. So thank you all for making it happen. Really appreciate it. And uh, couldn't do it without you for sure. This community keeps growing, keeps getting better. The podcast interviews keep getting better. I was telling Camila that I keep, I just, every time I do an interview, I just keep going, oh man, this podcast is so good. These interviews are so good. 
it's really what keeps me going. <clears throat> it's because they're just, the interviews are great. The artists are so interesting and different and cool. And uh, it's just a uh, such a positive vibe. Really great. So I guess that's about it. Um, I could do the synesthesia word of the week. I haven't done that in a while. This is This is a pretty good one. Well, is it? I was just thinking Francis, the word, the name Francis definitely tastes like French toast. Like it's a strong one, but you know, Francis, French toast kind of sounds the same. So I don't usually, I don't like to, to, to uh, mention ones that sound similar because that's kind of, I don't know. I like the weird ones that, that have no connection. No, they don't sound alike or anything. Anyway, well, that's what I did for today. So anyway, this interview is awesome. Camille is often awesome. <laughs> I can't talk. And uh, that's it. So check it out. Hope you like it. And thank you for listening. What's up, Camila? Camila? Camila. <laughs> Camila. I was yeah. thinking it was Camilla. I'm sure people, you, you probably get oh, that all the time, I right? I don't correct people anymore because it's like, it doesn't really matter. It's fine. Because there's only one L, so it makes sense, Camila, you yeah. know? But, you know, you hear Kamala, Kamala, it doesn't... My, the... my son doesn't know how to pronounce my name, so that's <laughs> My son's like, Camelia. I'm like, oh, geez. I've already gone over, like, the phonic, like, the Camila with him, and he just... She's not happy. I think he's kind of doing it on purpose. Yeah, he's probably just... He's probably just messing with you. Okay, yeah. before we get to anything... You have one of the craziest last names, other than like Stan Dark Art. I still don't know. I can't. I can't remember Stan's last name. Okay. How, tell me how to pronounce your name, please. Um. So it's Polish. So the L is supposed to sound like a W. Win. So oh. Winarchik. Win. Winarchik. Perfect. Good. Yeah. I'm gonna phonetically. It's, just, it's like a whole different level, like letter that you know it's not here in the English language, so. Plus, I don't even put the little weird thing on it because then people would be like, "Get even more what confused." That? <laughs> right. Okay, I wrote that down for when I do the intro, so I can yeah. pronounce it. Mwinarchik. Mwinarchik. Yeah, okay. Perfect. Yeah, it's, it's better than most people, even when they practice. Okay. <laughs> Good. It's a it's a it's a tough one. Okay. So thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I've been been a fan for a long time. You've been in shows I've curated, and you know you're you're you you uh, you know you're just uh, repping the dark art lifestyle with your art. You know you're really not shying away from being a dark artist. <laughs> no, it's great. It's like you're all you're all. Can't do anything but yeah, yeah. You seem like it seems like it's just who you are. You're all you're all in, and I love that because um, I'm all in. You know. Um, <laughs> but what's interesting though is that you have like two. You know, you've got the dolls, and then you've got the the kind of uh, I don't know illustration. I don't know what you'd call it. Fine art painting yeah. illustration. They're not really fine art. They're still you know. It's I don't even know what to call it either because it's always evolving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dolls came, the dolls happened, I never had sculpted before until I was in my 20s. Wow. And I, I, it was like a product of art school, like I hated art school so much that I was so neurotic about drawing and doing anything, painting or doing anything, 
that I was like, okay, I quit being an artist. Wow. And I did draw after that for like years. But I found art dolls on, online, only online. I've never seen one in, in real life. So I just, I kind of got really obsessive about that. So, because I was always obsessive about drawing my whole life. So I had to replace it with something else. And okay. Okay. Else, yeah. We're getting too far ahead here. I want to, I want to hear it. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, I just, it's, this is all fascinating. So I just want to kind of go back to the beginning before we get up to the part where you hated art school, because <laughs> so, I'm definitely right, interested in hearing that. So, yeah. so, so um, what, uh, I'm guessing you were an art kid. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was an art baby. I was like every single memory I've had in my life. Like I feel like every memory, if you were kind of doing a, like a, a movie about it, it would be like a kid looking up from a page. Right. Like, you know, I was always drawing at every kind of significant point in my life. Okay. Okay. Yes. I, I assumed so, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, there's a few people that have been on that like, oh, I didn't start until I was, you know, 18 or 19. And I was like, wow. Um, yeah, find that crazy too. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and some pretty good artists, amazing yeah, artists, have yeah. start, started late too. It just you never know. But um, so, where were you born? I was born in Poland. Oh, okay. I was, yeah, I spent my first three, three and a half years in Poland, and then I sorry, <clears throat> and then I immigrated to Canada with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom had already gone a year ahead of time mm-hmm. to. But she ended up in Chicago for some, I think all Polish people when they immigrant magically end up in Chicago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like so, a big Polish community in Chicago, right? right? It's big, yeah, it is. It's like going to Poland in, Can- in the United right. States there. Um, so okay, we were separated for about a year and we came to Canada and uh, we lived in my aunt's basement for a while while my dad was kind of working. Wow. Kind of trying to save up money. And like like I said with the memories, like I remember the day I was supposed to see my mom again for the first time. Like I remember drawing and thinking, like, you know, thinking, planning about like how I'm going to greet her. But I was like drawing. So I think by that time it was like already a coping mechanism for like stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that must have been hard to not see your mom for yeah. a year at that young age. Yeah, I think it happened to a lot of people immigrating to different mm. countries. Like they, they usually have one parent go and establish themselves a little bit. Right. They have really hard. And, it, you know, and she feels bad about it, too, now, up until now. But, yeah, but um, what can, I mean, they're trying they to give to give you a better, better yeah, better life. You got, there's yeah. a price to be paid. I'm sure, um, <laughs> I'm sure staying in Poland would have been you know, pro- oh. probably more traumatizing. <laughs> yeah. Where I was from, uh, it's a little town called Demona. It's in the south of Poland, and there's like 600 people wow. there total. We didn't have phone lines at that point. Yeah. The post office. Even when I returned at age 11 from Canada, we still didn't have phone lines. You had to go to the post office. So wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that was in the 90s. Wow. So that's, it's, yeah. But fuck yeah. <laughs> I always think that because we were like in the south of Poland, but close to the mountainous region. So I always like, I feel like I'm like, we're the mountain people. So I feel like I'm the Appalachian, you know, mm-hmm. Appalachian. Oh, right. Like right. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. It was back in time. Like it felt like the 70s. Yeah. When I was yeah. There or 80s. 
Yeah, I remember yeah. I went to uh, South Africa to I worked for a few weeks there, and I and um, we were in Johannesburg, and it was like it was like oh, I remember, I remember this is what it was like at San Pedro in 1971. Yes. That's what it reminded me of. Everything was just you know the part. I maybe it was the part of it just seemed like everything was back. Thirty years. And not only like it's ago. everything; it's the clothes, right? Like people taking photographs, and the photographs all of a sudden look old, like <laughs> all my photographs—they look like from when I was a baby. I look like I was born in the '60s, but I was born in '83. Oh so. wow! What a trip! Yeah, what a trip! Yeah. yeah, the Poland like went through all kinds of crazy. Has been through a lot of crazy shit oh, too, it's like weird country. Yeah. So not doing so well right now right it's been that much about it but i just know that you know policies it's like also it's like the texas so you're ready to right right? like you know they're they're stepping on women's abortion rights there right yeah yeah church catholic church reigns supreme like i think like 99.9999 percent of people are catholic there wow what a trip you, you hear stuff like that and then um uh Bekshinsky makes a lot yeah. of sense. <laughs> I know. You know? And every time, like, if we have relatives and they see my art, they're so disturbed. And I'm like, dude, like, you guys made the coolest dark artist. Like, some of the, some of the coolest people are from there. Oh, yeah. Like, I forget her last name, but Alexandra, I'm sure you know her. Uh, um... Like, Alexa- Alexandra, I forget her last name. W starts with W, but she does, like, these really fucked up. Like, like paintings. I don't think I know of a female artist from Poland. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to send me a link. I know, yeah. I, I know the. Uh, it's hard to remember those names for me because. I know, even for me. Okay, okay, <laughs> good. That makes me feel better. But there's the uh, there's like that whole poster artist, Polish poster artist oh, scene. I love, oh my, I love Unbelievable! It's so like so. They it's, that's that's you know kind of like when I was calling your stuff like illustrations. I don't really believe in that in the line between illustration and fine art anymore. It's like, yeah. you know, cause your stuff kind of a little bit reminds you of, it's got an Edward Gorey vibe, a little teeny bit. And he was considered an illustrator, but I don't see his stuff as Ill- like, it, to me, it's just art. It's just art. It's just, it's like dumb playing. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's just a dumb categorization thing. But anyway, my point was, um, there's, there's the, the, there's, I know there was a big one in the Polish um, poster scene that was amazing. I can't think of his name. He did that weird, like, one with like a hand coming up on a yeah. face, and it's like yeah. r- red. And uh, the other guy I know that's really great, that's contemporary now, is uh, uh, Zawadzki, Darius Zawadzki. Yeah. He's amazing, amazing, amazing. So it's it's such a trip that it says something about the country i think that you'd have the most amazing dark artists coming from from there really i had like a, a weird conversation <clears throat> one time with my mom sorry i'm coughing my yeah. um it's okay I had a conversation with my mom one time <laughs> we, we were kind of alone for the first time she was in the hospital she had some surgery i'm not like i'm not usually alone with my mom mm-hmm. like there's all these family members around and it's kind of like all of a sudden we're real for a second. And she was like, I'm glad you didn't stay in Poland because you would have been like dragged in front of the church and like burned as a witch. Probably. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. We she t- knew. But it's like that, that's the place though that made me, I feel mm-hmm. like that's the, it's such a place where everyone expects you to be so normal, but it's so fucked up. Like right. Up there. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's also like, it's in your genetics, you know, it's like in your DNA, just going back for this whole kind of culture. It's a trip. But the church we had in that, I'm sorry to, no. the church we had, because we I mentioned the church, the church we had in that village has actually become like a big landmark there nowadays. So mm-hmm. But it was uh, St. Michael's, but it was uh, created in the 15th, 16th century. Wow. And that's where I had like, that's where my parents got married. Wow. That's where I baptized. It's so, you know, it's it's like all wooden and beautifully painted. Right. It just feels like you're going back even further in time. Right. Like you're going back like 200 or 300 years in time when you're there because it's all candlelight. It's all wood. But I. Beautifully decorated. Yeah. And and then all the ladies come to church every day, all the old ladies, and they're just like, they have this, like, they get to this, like, weird cultish pitch in their voice when they're singing and it just feels like you're in a like you're in an LSD trip right wow well I mean I love that you know I think it's like if you don't have to if you're not forced to live there and forced to live that life you can kind of see it you can appreciate it for what it is you know separate from it I think it's if you have a totally different relationship if it's something that's part of where you live and part of kind of what you have to, you're forced to do and you're getting shit from these people. It's a totally different story than just seeing it. Like, I don't know, just this kind of historical crazy old, I mean, cause that's, you know, the United States and, uh, I don't even know how old really Canada is. How old is Canada? It's, not, it's probably it's like, not a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like we don't even, uh, you know, we don't have that kind of history here. We don't have that kind of like, you know, stuff that goes back that far. So it's really interesting. That's why one of the things I love about Europe is just all that old, crazy old stuff. But anyway, so, okay. So what, uh, at what point did you, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're a monster girl. I mean, when, when you're, you're all monsters all the time. Again, I love that about you. I think it's great. I also love that you have such a great sense of humor because so often, um, you know, it's kind of a cliche for, dark artists to be serious about everything. And I love the dark stuff that has a sense of humor. Um, I think they, 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 they totally go great together. Dark art and humor goes so well together. So of course there's all kinds of different, you know, you can be serious, you can be funny, but I love that you always have a sense of humor in your stuff. So uh, like, where did the monsters come from for you? And when did that start happening or was it always there or? It was always there. It was all like I've always been drawn to, you know, scary movies all my life. As a kid, I would, you know, I watched The Exorcism on the kitchen counter, <laughs> like six or seven. Wow. But I watched it with my mom. She let me. Wow. But at the same time, she's like, "You shouldn't be watching this. I shouldn't let you do this. <laughs> don't, don't do this. Don't watch any more scary movies." But she's like introducing me to them. So I think. Secretly, she was into it, but she kind of was so proper right. that she didn't want to admit it to me. Yeah, um, she sounds cool. She does. She's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she got much cooler when I moved out. Oh, right. <laughs> right? Then it's, you know, they're not, everyone's not up for butt, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, always, I was always drawn to horror monsters. I never thought of them as monsters. They were always, like, my favorite characters, and I would see more human. Right. I right. can always relate to them more. Like, I always felt sorry for them. 
Oh, of course. You know? I always, you know, I always feel like it's always the people around the monsters that were more monstrous right. than everybody else. So, yeah. I was really sympathetic, and I related so much more to the monsters as a, as a person than anything else. Because I, I didn't really fit in, so I always just kind of had a personal view of myself as, like, like we all do <laughs> i think that's another common thread with a lot of us i think is that we all always felt like we didn't fit in and the outsiders so it makes sense it makes sense that we would identify with the monsters uh, and, every, and everyone else seems so confident that they're okay and like i feel like dark artists or people that kind of associate themselves more with monsters are more like always looking in and seeing where they can improve and like how they're like what's bad about them and maybe dwelling on it a little bit too much but it makes them i don't know makes them more interesting and kind people yeah i agree i agree i, I like i've been saying for so long i wish some like psychologist would would really study this because it's such yeah. it's so it's you know uh someone someone was uh Randall Perkins, who's a big big supporter of the podcast, he always helps out and, and tell and tell you know gives me information of people who have joined the Patreon. Like every week, he, he's he gives me the list of the last person I read, and he was like, "You don't have to you don't have to keep saying that the that the dark artists are such cool people. We already know, you know, but it still <laughs> strikes me that everyone's so nice. It to I me, don't it's just everybody else knows though. Like I don't yeah, people outside of the community." They kind of are scared a little bit. Yeah, but it's like it's I again I said it a million times. Sorry, Randall, I'm saying it again. I'm gonna do it. Um it's it's overwhelmingly lopsided in a se- in the sense that ninety nine percent of them are just so kind hearted. The <laughs> nicest people you'd ever want to meet. You know, maybe they're shy, they might come across as standoffish at times because many of us are so shy but as far as like kind-hearted people you you won't find a more kind-hearted group of people and i found this even in the um in the tattoo industry too a lot of these guys doing you know really dark creepy tattoos are just the nicest people and there's something about you know this kind of catharsis we're able to get this thing out of us or somehow like make friends with this i think it's Catharsis. Yeah, yeah, and it's like that's make... how I do all of my art. It's catharsis. Oh, okay, yeah, you know, right, yeah. It feels it feels uh feels good to get it out, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like this transformational thing where where you're. I don't know. I still. It's like I can't. I have theories about it, but I can't put my finger. Like I can't definitely say, oh, it's this for sure. Like I was on a uh, an interview. A few days ago um on another podcast uh and they uh they i forgot what the question was but and i said that i you know i was at a bad time in my life i felt like my the monsters were like something that i could relate to and i was able to kind of like put them on paper and then gain a sense of mastery. Like they weren't scary to me because I created them. And, 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 and so it was like this coping mechanism for these feelings I was having. And so now I feel like I'm kind of honoring those creatures by painting them because they were there for me when I was, when I needed them when I was little. And it was one of those things like, yeah, that's definitely 
one of the things, one of the aspects of dark art for me, and I think probably for a lot of people, but it's not like I thought, oh, what, how am I going to honor this thing that was there for me when I was a kid? I know, I'll paint their pictures. Not at all. It's like after the fact, you just kind of, we go on instinct and do what we do and then try and figure out why the hell we're doing it. And there's like not one reason. There's all these different reasons, it seems like, right? I'm sure it's that way for you as well. Me, like you said it really well about honoring, but you know, I, I didn't, I didn't set out to honor them. I didn't like you. I didn't set out to kind of make monsters. I, in fact, I was resisting it for a long time. I was trying to be a little bit more normal. <laughs> really? When I yeah, in high school especially, and in art, I it never worked though because I would all it would always like maybe it was in monsters in high school and college or university or whatever the hell that was. Um, it wasn't monsters, but it was some weird shit always. <laughs> There's always something I would do, and people were like, oh. <laughs> I'm trying to be normal. <laughs> I'm trying to be normal, but it's like. It's just it's not working. <laughs> like I would take life classes, and I'd try really hard. I'm like, I'm going to be an artist for real. <laughs> and like, oh, amazing, scary caricature. I thought that, was, that was like a real choice. <laughs> I went through, I kind of went through a phase, uh, when I was younger, like, let's see, it was, it was monsters, but I used to like get influenced by Mad Magazine. Do you know Mad Magazine? Yeah. 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 yeah Cause there was a lot of great characters. So I'd kind of do some funny stuff like a strong man lifting weights or like some goofy, weird guy smoking a cigarette or whatever. And, uh, and then I did like, uh, motorcycles and army guys fighting each other just kind of typical kid stuff but the one i just would always go back to the monsters and to the point where it's like by the time i was in high school it was no by the time i was 12 it was makeup effects i was like oh, i'm gonna learn makeup effects and sculpting and then it was sort of became i became my identity like everyone kind of knew i was the monster kid so i uh <clears throat> at some point it just kind of took over but um the the only normal thing I really ever drew was animals because I got my mom got me a set of rapidograph pens, uh, pen and ink, and so I would started getting into pen and ink and uh, for birthday gifts and stuff I would paint like a realistic fox or a bird or you know cats because I loved animals too so um, so it was like either monsters or animals were the only two. It's like yeah, it's like. And animals were to me kind of like the normal thing I could do when I was when I was growing up, but um, so okay. So you you what, what, what's let's hear this uh, art school experience because it doesn't sound like it was very it's good. Blur. Like I feel like I got into a car accident and I forgot exactly what happened. I don't remember anybody's name. Wow. I don't remember a single professor's name. I don't know what was going on with me. I think I just like slipped into some weird apathy thing i didn't like being told what to do i didn't like the art that they were making kind of like where'd you go to school do you remember the name (laughs) ontario college of art and design in toronto okay i mean i don't speak for i'm sure people had great experiences there but not me right and when i would when i had gone like you couldn't like it was very narrow the stream you could either go into design or you go into fine art Okay. But I want, like, that's silly because I want to do design with fine art. Like, right. I want to be an illustrator, but, like, do it with fine art. Right. 
I want to take a sculpture class. I want to learn about textiles. I want to learn about all this. Mm-hmm. But instead, they had me like drawing, um, what was it? Building a storefront, building technical drawings. <laughs> and there was some, you know, there was some life classes, but. Were you disappointed? So disappointed. When you got there, you're like, I imagine maybe you were excited about it. And then when you got so there, excited, then it was like. Let me in. I was like, wow. You know, somebody let me in here. And then slowly over the course of three or four years, I don't know, the three years ago, I don't even remember. <laughs> uh, I was just so disheartened. And it just got narrower. Every year it got narrower. And I wanted to learn other things, but you couldn't, like, you couldn't take those classes if you were in the design stream. That's so stupid. It was supremely stupid. <laughs> and I graduated with a degree of design whatever that means, that I couldn't use. I didn't even, like, take anything useful. I was in illustration, but we barely did illustration. I couldn't actually design anything, because I wasn't actually a graphic designer, plus I wasn't really into that. Right. I just didn't like people telling me what to do. I also was commuting back and forth from, like, my parents' house to Toronto, because I lived in Mississauga, which is, like, two, you know, two cities away, one and a half city or something like that. Mm. It was just, it just kind of killed my soul. Wow. I would just get worse and worse. I, but I, you know, I would pass, but it felt like the less effort I would put into a project, the better grade I got. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> by the end of it, I didn't like just touching, like drawing made me so neurotic. And like overthinking, and I always thought I was doing something wrong. And I also wasn't doing what I loved to do. Like I wasn't drawing monsters. I wasn't drawing anything really funny or right. or anything like that. I was just, you know, I just wasn't ready either. I don't think I was ready at that age to go to art school. Oh yeah, I, it's. I think a, I, yeah. No, I, I, I just better get, learn by myself. Yeah, so person. some people are. Some people. I mean, I'm self-taught pretty much some people are just better at at, at, at being self-taught i think some people are, it's just you know not most people but some people um i took some life drawing classes <clears throat> like on you know community classes community college classes you could just pay and go um and those were great but uh uh you know it was definitely it was on my own kind of on my own i didn't have to follow a curriculum it was just like you know take this class and but um uh damn it i had a good point i had a really good point i'm gonna i lose points all the time (laughs) (laughs) you know i do all (laughs) just about every episode if i don't lose my train of thought on an episode it's it's a rare occurrence um uh oh i was gonna say you know i bet if you had like one really good teacher Mm-hmm. that took an interest in you and said and saw your your what you really wanted to do and kind of was like you know what this stuff is going to if you do it right this stuff can serve what what you want to do learning about this stuff you can apply it to the stuff you're really passionate about instead of just like this is how you are an art to, how, this is what you need to know to be an artist and do this kind of stuff you know what i mean yeah, yeah for sure like i would if I had a great mentor, it would be completely different. Right. I would feel like I wanted to be there. Right. It also felt like every class mm-hmm. I took, you just had to kind of, the instructor would show you their work. And you basically, did, the, the model for everyone was kind of like, just do what he does, and then you'll get a good grade. Yeah, that's yeah. not, 
That's yeah, not that's good. Yeah, right. So, 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 uh, okay. Now we are back to where we started in the beginning, where you were saying after school, you got re- <laughs> you got really bummed. So, tell me about that. Once you got out of school, what what happened there? Oh, I, I guess I had to work at a grocery store. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> then I was so depressed. It was the worst time ever. Yeah, and my manager looked like a giant baby man. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to get that in there so he knows because he's like, we mm, still want to go back there. Okay. Um, <laughs> and now look so at I, you, successful artist. Now, I, now it's forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I... I couldn't draw anymore. I gave up. And then like I like it's like just near the maybe the last four months of art school I started looking at all these images on the internet of art dolls. I didn't find the cool ones yet. I just found like I found like, you know, polymer clay, you know, they're still nice but right. they're technically beautiful but they just weren't my style. But I thought maybe I could make it make it into something mine eventually. Like mm-hmm. I saw the monkeys and the fairies and the and the kind of that kind of stuff, but it was too. It was just very. There's nothing dark to it. There's no no grittiness to it. Right. So I started doing it, and then just like in that art school class where he's like, "Oh, crazy caricature," I did the same thing with sculpture. I was trying. I was going for like nice, but I was. I got grotesque, <laughs> and I liked it a lot, and I just became obsessed with it. And I think when you're obsessed. You don't know how much you suck at the beginning. It's like your, your brain is trying to save you just so that you can just follow your passion and be amazing and childlike and right. like passionate about it and want to do it every single day all day. So that was me. I was really bad for a while, and then I started kind of getting into my group. I bet you it's not as bad as you're saying. I bet <laughs> you it's not as bad as you're saying. Okay. You probably you see. Can have pictures of the bad ones, so we'll, we'll just not know. <laughs> I had never sculpted at that point either. Right, so right. It was like I was also learning how to sculpt. Okay, yeah, that's fair, fair enough. So how how did you how did you go about learning to do that? Because was there resources online? Yeah, all online, and it was great because I didn't have to leave the house. <laughs> I just. I just looked it through many, many, many tutorials and kind of cobbled, cobbled together kind of like a rough estimate in my, you know, in my head about how to do things. Mm-hmm. And I was wrong a lot of the time. And then yeah. I learned, you know, especially when you're sculpting, things fall. You don't know how to bake things properly. Yeah, there's so many things that can go wrong when it comes to sculpture and, and molds. I don't know if you ever got into molds or anything, but that's like a whole other. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. I can't. That wasn't even in my right, right. Thing yet, in my vision yet, because that was like, oh, like you know. You're doing like Sculpey and Fimo yes. and all that sort of thing. I was using a first Super Sculpey, mm-hmm. and then one I started using. Forget the name of. Yeah, and I started, you know, properly reinforcing them with wire, and I got the hang of it, and I started using epoxy as well, just to reinforce things. Mm-hmm. And also, it was a great. Like all of a sudden, I had a great outlet for all my stupid fun facts in my head of like weird stuff, like weird <laughs> historical stuff. Because I was always like, one of my passions always is just like reading or like or strange books. Like I was always, since I was little, I was always collecting strange books. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I would always read all these cool stories about like, you know, 
with just like, you know, witches or like, especially Catholic church stuff. Like there was, there's one thing I read about where it was like, uh, women really wanted to commit suicide. Some women really wanted to commit suicide in like the 16 and 1700s, but it was a mortal sin. So they couldn't kill themselves. They would go to hell. Right. Right. Nobody could forgive them. Right. But if you murdered someone, it's not a mortal sin because you can go to confession and ask for forgiveness. Right. And then the ideal thing to murder in their heads, I'm not saying I would, but in their heads was a baby, right? Because babies are like, they don't have to suffer. Oh, right. Go back to they get an auto, they get an automatic, they get a free pass. Yeah. So there's all of a sudden like all these women killing babies and then going to confession. Oh my God. Yeah, they would ask for forgiveness. They would be forgiven, of course, and then they would be put to death. So they would still die. Oh, my achieve, God. Know, right. Oh, so, so that's such a great example of how, right. how like, the, the, uh, a good, in, maybe probably, probably a good intention, maybe a long time ago, it t- turns out to be way worse. <laughs> you know, who knows if it was a good intention, though? You got to wonder. Something. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I had all these weird stories in my head. So I just kind of started applying them. I started writing little stories for some of my sculptures, or some of them weren't even stories. They were just kind of like it was symbolic. Like I would do some sculptures of like women with black hands, and black hands represented their like sin. That's what they did. Like just kind of, right. I started kind of getting the, the hang of, you know, using my rule all my stuff in my head and getting it out there and using it for something creative so that was really fun i enjoyed that that was a long but that was like a whirlwind of like seven or eight years of sculpting yeah it seemed like you were cranky you know cranking on that stuff really into it <laughs> i was younger i was in my 20s so were you were you how um how quickly were you able to Turn it into a living. Oh no, 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 no! no. <laughs> oh, you think no, no, no living? Not yet. No. Really? No, not with the dolls. I mean, I'd be okay-ish, but I would just have to exhaust myself. Right. And as soon as I got good enough to actually make it a living, I stopped doing it. And what? then people would be like, you know, I think people like them too much. And I was like, eh, that doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> like, you know, I knew how to make money. I knew what to do. Uh-huh. That would, like, get me the most money. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I don't want to do that to get the money. Like, right. I want to do it for a purpose. I right. Do it for a reason. I want to like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there, that was, like, there... a fast track of, like, how not to enjoy what you do anymore. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's, there's a, like, a balance you have to strike. Uh, I think to to make to make a, make money and still love what you're doing because once you once it becomes a money making thing, it's hard. You know, it's like there's expectations put on you, and there's like you have to. It, it relies less on inspiration, and you have to kind of like make the inspiration come, or you have to deal with not having the inspiration and stressing about the money, but. You know, it's like I've always. I know, I know you have to do. Like I know you have. Yeah, to yeah. I made. Believe. I made that. And I'm just... slowly realizing that now in my late age. <laughs> a while. Yeah, it's like. To me, it was sort of like. 
uh, yeah, I didn't start <clears throat> even make the decision to paint till I was 33. <sighs> so it was kind of like, okay, I've got to, I've well established in my career. I've got to make this big career move. So it was like, I can't even afford to consider, consider just doing it for fun. You know, it's like I have, or just, just for pure enjoyment, I have to sort of like turn that part of my brain off when I'm working and then like have my business, my business hat, like Gabe Leonard puts it, put on your business hat for business stuff. And then you put on the art hat for art and you kind of keep them separate because once you start trying to create something that's going to sell, like I, you know, coming up, I tried a few times like, Oh, this will probably sell, you know, just cause you're trying to figure out what the hell you're doing. And it never worked. It never worked. It never worked. It was always the things that sold well were like, could have been, you know, all, it just was random. Is like some people like this one thing for some reason. They're all cool to me. I just do what I think is cool and hopefully they sell, you know. But I also it, think that people are drawn to something. Like, I think people are drawn to something that it's clear that it was done with passion and love. I agree. Like your soul intensity. Totally. Sometimes that doesn't happen once you start cranking them out. Right, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. The, it's that authenticity, and that you know, you, it's weird. It's like an energy thing. It's like people can sense it on this other level if if you're it's, really yeah, into it. It's so weird because. I have this, I have all these like strange superstitions in my head. I'm not even like I don't even believe in anything really, but like I still have these strange little superstitions, you know. Um, but I feel like if I do something, if I make something, and then I hold it back and I don't present it when it's made, it doesn't have the same energy. Like people can feel when I make it. I know that doesn't make sense. And it it's makes not... you know what? it makes sense to me. I mean, like I mean, you. <laughs> I'm into weird shit, so <laughs> I'm into all that energy stuff. So I, my philosophy has always been: I want to believe, like by X Files. Like right. maybe I, want, I don't believe in that many things. Maybe I really want to right. spend my disbelief if it's like really cool. Right. I'm not sure. I believe that. But it's awesome enough and creepy enough and weird enough that I want to. Right. Want to <laughs> so I mean, but. But again, though, that's like um, you're talking about. You feel like if you if if you hold it back, you're not going to get that same. They're not going to pick up on that energy. Okay. I think that that's. I think that that's kind of. You know, it might that might be a real thing, just like the way that people can sense the passion and stuff. That's not like a tangible thing. That's like a. That's like a something that's. You can't put your finger on it. It's like. It's a weird energy. That's I mean, energy is even a bad way to describe it because energy is not really a good. But that's all we got in the human language. It's something else. It's some intangible weird thing, you know. People don't know how they know, but they know. Yeah. Just like my dog knows that I have a pill in my hand, right? Right. Until they run away, and you're like, I'm trying to act casual. Yeah. <laughs> that, that exact same thing. It's just some. They just know. People just know. Yeah. Anyway, so. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's yeah. a weird. You know. There's a whole other thing going on all the time. <laughs> I think. But uh, yeah. It's it's like half the time. I sw- I had a dog one time that whenever I want to take a picture, my wife or I never want to take a picture. We'd pull out the phone to take a picture. He would go right in front of us and sit down and look at us. Like he would pose for the picture every time. It was so weird. It's like, how would you possibly, 
It was so strange. It's like, yeah. Anyway, that's, that's a good that's, dog. That's yeah. A good, my it, current dog is the opposite. As soon as I, he's cute, and I want to take a picture yeah, of him, yeah. he turns away. Yeah, yeah. So. They, they do that too. They do that too. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, uh, you establish yourself with these dolls, and then you, <laughs> then you stopped making them. So then I stopped, and I have so many. Like so many people are still like, "What are you going to go back to doll making?" And I think I will. I will. Yeah. Because when I start, when I when I did doll making, when I went back to drawing or whatever I was doing, it really helped me. I didn't know I was, you know, I was helping myself in the long run by sculpting and and doing all that because it helped my work later on, my right. or drawing or painting or work. Yep. So I think I have. I'm doing something now with my drawing that I think is gonna help me when I start sculpting again. And oh, I don't even know what I'm gonna do. But I think it's going to be more interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're doing. I think that that's that's right. I think you're doing the right thing by following your creative impulse. I think that's as you know, especially artists like us that are super. In, I think intuitive. Um, you know, like just not. You know, we don't have this grand scheme, and it's. I know a lot of our. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot. I, I do know a lot of artists that are very like logical and planned out and stuff, which is cool. It's just like you know, I'm not that way. It sounds like you're not that way. It's and it's like, but I think that 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 um, as long as we follow what the artistic, the creative impulse where it leads us, it will lead us to a good or where we need to be. It'll lead us on the correct path. I think when you start second guessing that and start going, what's going to sell, you know, what, and start thinking, it's like it completely trips the whole thing up. Yeah, I switched from being neurotic about drawing to being neurotic about sculpting, so that's why I went back to drawing, you know. Right. You know, doubting myself and in my head and being so negative all the time to myself. So I kind of am anyway, but at least the drawing part exercises that out of my head. Right. Right, the sculpting just wasn't helping me anymore. This is all just therapy for me, like art. It's just right, it's yeah. All like, it's just all therapy, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of the mo- that's one of the magical, amazing things about art is that it functions. It has so many functions, but but it really is like a therapeutic thing. You know, it's 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 uh, a lot of us would be crazy people. We're already crazy enough, but like without the art, be I can't even imagine. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine either. Uh, I, I was also supposed to say something, and I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to the club. <laughs> so okay, um, so when you uh, talk, let's talk about your your drawing stuff. Well, what what did you? What, how did that? You you, you stopped the sculpture, and you kind of what? You just started. And then I had to start remember how to draw again, and I had to like figure it out again because you know. I didn't really have a style, like a style, like you know, the way I draw now. So you had a you had a career, you were well, you're getting, you've gotten well known with the dolls, and you had like a career there. Yeah. And then, but you but you were like, oh, I haven't really figured out my drawing thing. Like you hadn't totally established your drawing style at that point. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Too jumpy, a little prematurely. That's great. I started drawing a little bit like a month or a couple months before I stopped sculpting. I started drawing a little bit. Okay. Hey, maybe I should plan, make plans for sculptures or something. 
but that was just my brain tricking me into drawing again. And I wasn't really making plans. I was just, you know, moving my hand again and getting into it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was really, I'm really always in my, all my whole life, I'm really into gesture drawing. Like that's my one thing I came out of. Mm. I love the gesture. I like right. the gesture and just like a really solid, confident, interesting line is so attractive. Just right. draws people's work, right? So I started doing stuff like that. Oh, it's so much harder to talk about the drawing and the sculpting. Why is that? It's so personal. Really? More than the dolls? So much more than the dolls. Wow. So more than the dolls. The drawing was so personal because I think I was like, so I started stopped sculpting too because I was getting older and I couldn't stay up all night and I was just getting tired. I was a out yeah yeah i was getting tired because i was just like cranking them out like crazy for seven or something maybe seven years right and i just got tired and then like i started having more depression and anxiety and there's things in my family going on that mm. were kind of going wrong you know um and i started kind of using the drawing to work that stuff out okay and i was depressed today and i didn't draw i felt worse but if i drew i felt better so that's the kind of right. kind of how it started going, and then I kind of used the monsters and the I started drawing, I started the monsters with the dolls, but then it went back to the drawing, and I started using the monsters kind of, kind of like I don't know how to say it, like symbols, or they were just like a familiar visual language for me to right. express my life without it being so personal that it was like a real drawing of me in a room right 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 yeah it started to be it started to be kind of all kind of symbolic of something else right but people didn't know that so yeah embarrassing as possible right (laughs) right that's cool yeah that makes total sense you before we get into the drawings i have to back up i'm sorry I, i i do need to mention um that the thing about your dolls aside from the fact that they're fucked up in a great way you know just love 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 your doll work is so good um i mean they're like at the time when your dolls were around i would buy them if i didn't have the money at the time um, I, totally know. I don't have the money for like, yeah i can't buy anything i actually like yeah yeah like I, I you know that's the thing we always say it's like you can't afford to buy your own art <laughs> but but the, you know, if I saw something like that and I had mo- the money to buy it, I just would, I would totally buy that. I would buy your dolls. Fucked up millionaires and billionaires. Right? I know. Yeah, we're slowly but surely we're finding them here and there. They're they're popping out of the woodworks. You'll see. You'll see. Especially uh, there's going to be a bunch of new rich people from cryptocurrency and Bitcoin a bunch yeah. of, in the next year, and they're going to be <laughs> buying art. But anyway, uh, 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 you. I loved that, I don't know, I always felt like your techniques your for your dolls were, were really advanced c- compared to a lot of doll makers. Like it, it felt like you came from the makeup effects world, the way you painted with like, you know, washes and, and really, you know, f- subtle, subtle, uh, uh, I don't know, the costuming and everything just felt very... I don't know. I thought your technique was really sharp. That's one thing I always notice with your stuff. It's like they're well painted and and and, and just like I don't know. They 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 
they looked old and aged. It's like they really were great. I, I was very obsessive. Like, I wouldn't stop when normal people would stop. And then I didn't know how to sew. Like, I still don't even know really how to sew at all. But I learned how to sew for my dolls. And, oh, really? Yeah, I learned how to bead for my dolls. I, I didn't really even know how to paint properly. I learned how to paint properly for my dolls. And now I can paint, like, other things. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I put a lot of love and care into Yeah, them. they're so good. It's just amazing. I mean, I'm just looking. I went, to, I went to Las Vegas for a doll convention. Like the first couple of years, I started doing dolls. And that was the first time I actually saw art dolls in person other than my own. I went to a Miata convention. It was like the National Institute of Art Dolls in America. Mm-hmm. And I went there with my dolls to like get it, get them critique. And they weren't, they were really bad. So <laughs> okay, like they were kind of, I was kind of finding myself. Okay. And I got it, and then I got critiqued, and everyone was like, you know, everyone's dolls were very like proper and beautiful, and like art dolls, like you know, clowns, clowns with balls, right. beautiful, but very like nice. But then I would get people would walk up to me and like whisper to me like, oh, I love you. I love them, and I could I got to pick a bunch of people's brains there uh, that were actually like really pro, like really good at them, and they, like, that's where I learned how to you know distress material. Oh, uh, okay. Um, you know, you can paint paint with white paint, and you got some dust on the on the on a piece of fabric and on your ghost, and there you go. It's, right. It's more of a ghost before. So I kind of learned a lot there and they also gave me some really good advice because i was sewing really badly and the ladies were all they all looked like they you know lived in fabric stores and they looked like they knew how to sew and made their own curtains and shit <laughs> and and they were like okay you either have to get really good at sewing or you just have to be bad consistently right like right. if you're if you're gonna like sew badly make it consistent so it's like a style you're right right <laughs> so I just was like, okay, I choose bad, and, and I choose bad. Like it just, and then it, and then I like it just worked on it. I don't know what my point was here, but like I yeah. feel like I was not there. No, I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna. That's why I was gonna ask you is sort of, uh, but you already answered it. I was gonna ask you where you, where did you learn all these kind of advanced painting techniques, and you know, it's like it's like it, it did. It, a lot, a lot, a lot of time, people, people that come from the makeup effects industry, I notice when they're when they do stuff like this, it's like I can I can usually tell because there are certain techniques that are just common that we use that you would only learn in the in the industry. Probably it's not true now with the internet and and YouTube and all that, I guess. But um, so that's what I was saying. It's like you're. St- it seemed like you came like you had that that secret knowledge that most people wouldn't have that you don't really see in a lot of stuff like this. So I also, I also credit my visual aesthetic with a lot of like old European cartoons I used to watch when I was little. Ah. And the style was so different. It was just soft and there's washes on the cartoon. Right, right. Just like a soft look. It just, I can't describe it. It was just soft. It felt soft. And I liked that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, the bane of my existence was drawing. I was doing eyebrows on a doll. I'm like, I refuse to do eyebrows. <laughs> I will do the indicate. Like I will do a suggestion right. of an eyebrow by going up with the shadow and stopping. But I'm not going to do eyebrows. 
Right. So it was just kind of that aesthetic of like soft. I want it to be soft. I want it to be beautiful. Like I want, I want it to be as beautiful as something that was meant to be beautiful. Right. On something that looks like it's decaying and dying. That's my. That's me too. With my paintings, that's I, yes. I feel like that's. It's like I'm that's always. That's why I love her art. That's you know. Right. That's. I think we're we're we have a similar aesthetic in that way. I think. Because that's why I figure, like, even if you don't like my art subject matter, you have to at least appreciate the fact that it's painted well. And I try and make it beautiful on its own. If you if you kind of, like, take out what it is and take out the blood, you know, what blood symbolizes and stuff like that, just as a painting itself, if you're able to almost look at it as an abstract painting, that you should be able to appreciate it. So that's kind of like, I try and, like, subvert the whole thing by doing monsters and stuff by painting yeah, it well though like, you're trying to fool people right otherwise exactly exactly yeah I'm, I'm i'm so glad that you're gonna go back to it though because i'm just looking through while we're talking and it's like they're just so the dolls are so special they're really so good they're so and it's so nice to hold them yeah right i know right that's what i love that's why it blew my mind when i first started sculpting like oh my god i can actually hold this right like, my child, my art child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And these li- the little ones are so cute. <laughs> the ones are like the little tiny ones. <laughs> <laughs> Those are fun. The little ones is kind of how I worked out what I wanted to do with big ones because they didn't take as much time. Oh, yeah, yeah like a I study almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Anyway, yeah, so that's I, – I feel like, you know, you, when you come back to these, you're just going to make some amazingly kick-ass stuff. When I come back to them, I want it to be like – I want it to be not just the story, but more personal. Right. So you're going to incorporate your more of the stuff you're doing with illustration, maybe into into the doll work. No, I think so. Like I think, like I said, I have no plans. I'm just yeah. going to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. This is what my favorite. You know, one of my favorite bands is No Means No, and they're ca- Canadian. They're from Victoria, British Columbia. And that's, I remember hearing in an interview, he's like, we never planned anything. And they got successful for a punk band. They were like, we never made any plans. It's yeah. like, you know, we just kind of went with it. And uh, That's like how career can join shows. I never had a plan, and I was always, I always waited for the last minute, and then I had to pay like $150 shipping. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was like, it was magic. I was like, okay, I would start making something, and I wouldn't know what I'm doing, and then all of a sudden it worked out, and it right. was one of my best pieces of the year. Like, yeah. I think of the year for, you know, a conjoined show that I was excited about, but then pulled off I'm lazy. Right, so. yeah. Well, this is, this. you know, it's weird that you say that, because every year conjoined was like that mm-hmm. for the show itself. It was like, it's not, it was like, you know, Copper's a gallery that's busting its ass just like we all are, you know, having to bring the money and they're not like some super elite, you know, cash reserves. They don't have to, you know, they're hustling all the time, just like just like artists um, are. And um, so inevitably the show would, you know, we'd start getting ready for it later and later. You know, we wouldn't ask people in enough time and all that. You know how it is, you you know, (laughs) because you're one of them. But it was like a, a mess. We, you know, it'd be the night before the show, nothing set up, all these sculptures, boxes everywhere. And then like somehow Erica would just like, she sets everything up. It would just come together like magic in the last few hours. It was like, it was like, you know, I'd, I'd see, 
drop go to drop my piece off the day before and it would just be like oh my god there's you're not going to be able to get it in time and then they would like pull these all-nighters and then i'd show back up for the show and it just was like amazing amazing and every time it was like that like i swear there's like some kind of weird magic energy with that show because it was always yeah. like that it would always it's come together creative last minute thing yeah yeah, and it, and it's almost it almost comes out better than if you were to plan it, you, you know. I'm not a good fan of planning. So <laughs> you overthink, and then you have too much time right. to mess things up when you plan. Right. Yeah, that's true. Overthinking is 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 not good when it comes to um, when it comes to fine art. I think, at least for me, and it sounds like for you too. Um, Every year, it crops like the the. The show, the conjoined show, was better and better, and then I'd get an invitation later and later. And I know. <laughs> no, it was totally just—it was just lack of organization. You know, it was yeah. never. I know no, a I lot. But I, I kind—I of, kind of figured that was the case, but yeah, it's just know, all flying, <laughs> flying by the seat of our pants, and the shows kept getting bigger, and it's just you know, it's just impossible. It's you know terrible to try and manage it it just it kind of turned into a monster that we couldn't really control and then COVID hit and then it was just like and i don't know when we're going to do it again um but i don't know um anyway so okay now we have to get back to your drawings that you don't want to talk about <laughs> we could talk about ghosts instead or something well okay i mean no no i'm, I'm sorry I, <laughs> ghosts are good but you know, I want to. I want to promote. For one thing, I want to promote your Kickstarter, which I'll talk. I've. I have. Let's see. By the time, if you're listening to this, I have already talked about it in the intro, which I haven't recorded yet in this real time. But um, yeah, you got your your uh, uh, um, you got your Kickstarter going, which is all you know your your um, drawings it's and a, illustrations and stuff. And it's so, a super weird book. Yeah, tell me about it. I love your pr the promo video is amazing. Is that your yeah. voice? It's my voice. It's my voice. <laughs> it's so perfect. And I was so worried because I got like, <laughs> sorry, I got vocal cord scarring from like 2019. I was sick for like five months. Oh, and no. my vocal cords got like, I got to grow a polyp and everything. Oh, shit. So they're kind of, my, I can't do, like I used to do a demon voice all the time. So I can't do it now without losing my voice. But I'm like. I really need, like, I'm like, no, I'm doing the voice. It was it perfect. Me. It was perfect. <laughs> and I'll, like, it'll take, like, however long it takes, even one word at a time, right. but I'll do it. It wasn't so bad. So, yeah, that was me, and there was, like, a little puppet going. And so I didn't even know what to say. I just wrote that last minute. Really? Know. Yeah, no, it was perfect. I, I was like, this is per it's just perfect. So... What uh, talk about the project, and then maybe, then that'll help us talk about your your drawings and stuff a little more easily. Go to therapy. Sorry. Like, um, how did it come about? How did you decide to do this? And I didn't. I didn't. And I. So the publisher contacted me a couple, maybe four or five years ago, and mm -hmm. then I was like, "This is a joke." So I didn't respond. Like, I responded, <laughs> but then I kind of like. Eh. What, you thought it was no, you thought it was no legit publisher yeah, or something? I didn't. I didn't. I never Google anything. I just. I don't believe anybody. Right. Um, and then they contacted me a year later, and they're like, "Hey, we're still here. Like, maybe you should just call us." 
And I called them, and they had a secretary. I'm like, oh no, the big time there's a secretary. So I could have had this project already out a year earlier than this. Um, and then I, they wanted to do an art book for me, and I don't know how they even heard of me. And they're like, you're so mysterious. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think my all of my dirty laundry is out. Just you do seem you do seem mysterious because I you know I usually do a little research on artists that are coming and try and just find interviews or audio podcasts just to get a sense of them and I couldn't find anything on you. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so you do you have I, that mysterious vibe about you? I feel like I like I feel like I'm naked all the time because I'm everything I post is kind of about me right. or what I'm thinking or a conversation I've had or like a snippet of a thing that that I've been involved in. So I feel like if you look at my work, you know me way too right, much, right, yeah. way too well. And I, <laughs> but I know that most people wouldn't think that. So so they kind of asked me to come in, and I went into Toronto, it's like an hour and a half away, and I thought it was just going to be straight up pictures, and that's it pictures and a title and maybe some picture titles mm-hmm. and that's it. they said they wanted to do uh, a conversational interview style thing for like a couple you know they said a couple of sessions but it ended up being a year wow I, I, I told them I hate talking about my work and I hate talking but <laughs> I ended up talking a lot <laughs> I ended up talking a lot um and then I ended up with a weird little book, and there's there's like the story of the there's the story of like how I didn't like art school. Like my first chapter is suck at art school. <laughs> there, that's me. Um, so the format there's is some dolls in there too. Like there's oh, the cool. beginning, and then there's later on there's the drawings. But so the format is like about you. It's like about your life, sort of. Yeah. So I'm trying to tell everyone not to actually read it. <laughs> Just look at the pictures. <laughs> it's not that bad. Like I think they took out a lot of. They told me they were going to edit it, and then they took out a lot of stuff because they said we don't want you to ruin relationships in your life. Oh wow! Oh okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks for saving me from myself. Wow. It's a weird book, and like it's eighty-three percent funded right now, like, right. as we're talking. But it took a little bit of time uh, because it's weird. Because I have a chapter on poop and snails, and it's weird. It's not like directly dark art. It's more like comedy, but there's going right. to be dark art there. Well, I mean, I separate the two. Yeah, all, all of your. I, I I don't think I've ever seen anything that you've drawn that doesn't fit into dark <laughs> art. <laughs> just like it. it's like <laughs> the nature of it. Even if you're just painting or drawing like a a a, a character a generic character it's fuck it up. yeah yeah <laughs> I, can't, I don't know it's just not interesting to me right it's not like it seems too fake if i don't it seems too like nice right but things aren't really nice you know things are complicated and you know yeah the dark side to everything and i hate when they don't see it like i hate that right that's why i can't like i don't can't get along with like i I try to talk to people and I try to have normal conversations, but then I always fuck up and I always say something really stupid and then it's like, then it's the weird parent, there's the weird lady who lives in the neighborhood. So right. I can't, I can't get away from it, so usually I'm very quiet mm-hmm. until I'm not, and then it's too much. So. I can so relate. 
I think I only talk because I have to. I, I was thinking the other first thing I was thinking yesterday, I last night I was thinking, you know, it's one of those things I've thought a million times, but you know how you think of something and you go, God, that was so true and I haven't really been thinking about it, but it's so true. I was just thinking, why why dark art? Why why? And I was thinking, because life is fucking scary. Yes. I mean, that is probably more of a that that's that's maybe one of the the biggest common denominators of being alive is scary. It's like a lot of suffering, and there's like right points, and everyone seems to think that your life should be happy with like a little bit of suffering, but it's like no, your life is just it's like hard right but if good, good parts points in them and that's right. what you should appreciate right and when they go away it's not the end of the world it's just life that's just how it goes and right like, once i accepted that I, like my my whole life changed it became better right because i wasn't looking to be happy all the time yeah yeah it's like it kind of gives you yeah it's i think that you know that's when people aside from you know people really having clinical um <laughs> clinical chemical imbalance depression depression issues i mean that's a, a, a reason i think a lot of people i think a lot of people are going crazy now really because partially because we've been sold this idea that you, you know you should be happy you know why aren't you happy and, and we're in this like hell hole that's like there's just so much it's so fucked up and it's like we can't even see it because we're right in the middle of it you know and it, it's like it's even worse because you because it seems like it's not on the surface and that makes it even more fucked up and crazy every year something happens and then and now we're like also we don't just get news from our own tribe or right we get news from the whole fucking world and something's always going wrong yeah like, right how can you be happy like how can you be happy consuming all that and then they tell you later on oh but you should be happy like all right right no. No, don't tell me like don't bombard me with all this shit and don't tell me I should be happy. I'm still trying to process everything. Right. It's not gonna be done for I'm dead either. Like it's a lot. Yeah, it's weird. It's like life gives you enough happiness to, just to keep you going. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like when people get too when people you hear about people that suddenly get wealthy and they can get anything they want. They end up being miserable because of that, because it's like, then life becomes super boring to them because they can have anything. And then it like kind of loses its meaning. So it's almost like there's, you're not meant to be happy all the time. That's why rich people start doing crazy shit. Yep. Right. Like, you know, camel sex party. Totally. I don't know. Like there's, what are you going to do when you have all that money and you can buy yourself literally anything you have to buy stuff that you can't buy. Right. Crazy stuff, right? Yeah, so all, a little bit poor, and then we like get a little bit, parse it out, and you know, parse right. it out enough just to be a little bit happy, and then everyone's no, no one's like <laughs> crazy. But, yeah, uh, obviously, what's happening isn't working on a bit on a mass scale, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So okay, so anyway, that I was saying that point about you know, I was like, man it's so scary because everyone's going to die and nobody knows what's going to happen when they die. And no, it's like, it's scary. Just being alive is scary, scary, scary. So that's why, that's why dark art is so relevant. One, one reason, but it's a big one. You know, it's everybody's, you know, everybody, there's a, you know, 
even animals are kind of well they're not really afraid to die because they don't really know but what they know they do like they go by themselves they go i know hide under a bush or something it's so trippy i know it's so weird and creepy but (laughs) (laughs) i know when i get sick i don't like to be waited on i like to just when i get sick i like i just like to be alone you know some people are like i want to helping right some people like want to be taken care of and attended to and stuff but i'm more like just leave i just want to be alone and suffer it's it's silence but um oh what was there was i was gonna say this other thing what were we saying before i brought up that point about dark art being scary what or life being scary we were talking about something before that uh damn it two two in one episode i remember the other one Oh well, yeah, it'll it'll come. When you talked just now about like death, and you were asking me when did I start being a creepy little girl, right? Yeah. I would, I guess, maybe really early on, or maybe it was because like I was separated from my parents, and it was kind of like my life was kind of up in the air and kind of poor. Right. But I remember going going to sleep every night and like making up a scenario in my head that my mom or dad are gonna die, and I would cry myself to sleep oh my on god purpose. wow now i sometimes do that i'm like why are you why why are you doing it wow <laughs> like i remember i would every every uh, summer when i would drive my son to camp i would like silently cry in the front seat i'm like he's gonna drown this year right <laughs> yeah. i can't stop thinking about it i'm so grateful everyone's alive right you know but oh I yeah, yeah. Thinking about it, so I guess it's always been in me too. Like when we were talking about death, I like, yeah. so hard for that. Yeah, I'm yeah. About it, and it's kind of comforting now that I've thought so much about it. Like I've made peace with it. Right. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. See, I'll probably die screaming. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who knows? It's like that's that's why it's so scary because you don't know. You don't know what you're gonna do. What it's gonna be like. But. Yeah, I can relate. I can relate um, to that for sure. I, I, but, but it's like I got you know I, I, I have OCD. You know, not, like not the good kind where you clean everything. I have the, I have the kind that doesn't do any good. It just like where you just get you, just, you think overthink things. And you can't stop thinking about the. I mean, I've kind of it's definitely under control now, but I had it really bad in the in the nineties. But um, yeah, I'm always like. You know, checking when my granddaughters are sleeping over. I'm always like, you know, I'll check on them to make sure they're breathing. It's like my wife's asleep sometimes and I get the thought, what if she just died or something? She's perfectly healthy. But I'll like, you know, touch her to make sure she's warm and stuff. It's like it's all kind of always in the back of my mind. It's a it's a weird thing. But I think it's It's I think it's it's the end of your life. So I don't know why everyone's not thinking about it all the time and kind of came. Yeah. How do we forget? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's part of it too. Yeah, it's like I'm uh, in my fifties, so it's like you, you can actually you get. I didn't really start feeling that until I was in my fifties. Like I could, I'm like okay, I remember like, you know, I could be dead in easily in twenty years. And twenty years, twenty years ago, that last twenty year period didn't seem very long. So then it's like, fuck, man. It's shorter and shorter. Yeah, yeah. And you start going, Shh. but then again, you know, you could live 
30 years, 40 years, but nobody knows. Anyway. There's <laughs> a little cartoon of a doctor telling I think I probably heard this somewhere. I don't know which I was, but like sometimes you hear things and you just draw them and you're like, I'm pretty sure I plagiarized this. Right. But someone, there's like a doctor telling her or someone telling her, oh, you'll, you only have 40 years left. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, I know. It's like, Anyway, I don't remember what I what I was gonna say, but I do want to talk about your book. So, so it's like a, a it's mostly drawings. It's mostly your illustration stuff. It's stories that you write. That it's based on these kind of. Is it in a, it's in an interview format? Uh, or did you act like write I, it, or did they write it? They wrote they wrote it, and then I would tweak it. Oh, cool! That sounds like it would be fun. I, I can't write anything. Was it it's fun? very embarrassing to reread what I'm, it's just really hard and I've been trying to read it, like I'm trying to read it third time around and I have some things to change still, but just knowing that I said it is right? <laughs> but I'm sure it's fine. It's sure funny, it's fine. you know, the, 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 from the artwork, not having, cause I, we have, have we met before in person at the shows or I anything? One time in, not in the show, one time in passing. At Monster Okay, that, okay, so okay. Outside or something, and I was like, right, hey. yeah, yeah, okay, but but we haven't like talked or like no, it, no, don't no. we don't really know no. each other in that you know where we hung out or anything, but just from your from the artwork, the impression I've always gotten was like you you like this total confidence in yourself. <laughs> I know. It, Oh. <laughs> I know, but this is the oh, impression. No. This is the impression that that it gives me. Like, it's like you're doing, you're putting it all out there, and you don't give a fuck what anybody says. And it's like really appealing in that way. And it makes me, it makes me feel like I want to be more like that because I try and I try and be like that because I'm not naturally like that. You know, I'm more like you. You know, where I'm just like I'm always embarrassed and i'm always yeah yeah it's like a way of life for me as well as well but this is part of why i started the podcast is like and just putting myself out there and because i found that the way to deal with it because i had to start doing it when i started having to go to shows and talk to people and for my career you know if i wanted this art career i had to do this stuff and so i've just basically taken this approach that i'm just gonna do it and not th- and let it go and just move on to the next thing and and it's and it's helped it helped it's easier for me to not really worry about it like i say stuff all the time on podcasts where i'm just like oh i shouldn't have said that that was stupid or i pronounced that wrong or i said this and it probably sounded like i meant that but i meant this and i just i have to just let it go and so, and, and that, and, and in turn, that's helped me become more confident because I'm, it's more about letting, letting it go and not obsessing over it. Cause my tendency was to obsess over everything that I do wrong. and stupid. <laughs> so, I but anyway, get on this even podcast. Cause I was like, what am I going to say? <laughs> I am horrible most of the time. So, but no, um, but, 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 but what, what I, but the point is though, with your artwork though, it's like, as much as you don't feel that way. It's like you're, I feel like you're putting, you're putting a message out there, at least, okay, this is how it's made me feel. Like I said, it's made me feel like, oh, I, I don't have to be, I don't have to feel uptight about myself. I could say like, 
weird shit and uncomfortable stuff. She, she's doing it and it's great. And it's, so it's like, but you're, you're probably unintentionally even you're just doing your thing. But I think what you're doing is, um, make, you're kind of like helping other people to not give a fuck as much in a way about, about that. You know what I mean? Not be ashamed basically, or embarrassed about things, just like being themselves, which is such a great, really a great thing to be doing, you know? I hope that's I hope that's what I'm doing. I'm really glad to hear that's what you think. I guess I guess I I guess you're right. Like when I do create the artwork, I'm neurotic as fuck myself. But when I create the artwork, I like it and I send it out there and I don't have a second thought. Right. Unless I'm being flagged by Instagram or <laughs> banned a couple of times and like suicide reports and shit like that. I'm going to kill myself. If I'm going to kill myself, it's because of this fucking suicide thing that you stopped letting me show my art. Right. Not, not now. <laughs> but my approach sometimes when I'm stuck is like, has always been since I started drawing again, this is how I kind of got back into drawing and I came, went over, panic, overcame my block is to draw, go extreme. Draw the most fucked up thing you can, and then work your way back from there mm. to see where you're comfortable. Like you're not gonna know where you're comfortable unless you go all the way to the end. Right. And for, unfortunately for me, all the way to the end is just where I'm kind of comfortable. <laughs> so it works out. Like I, like I am neurotic and I second guess myself all the time, but not when it comes to the art. Now. Right. If I can't draw, that's when I'm like, if I can draw for a day, or I stopped. Or I'm not creative for a day, then I'm like, oh no, uh, this is all pointless. I'm not going to draw. What am I doing with my life? I right. have to go back to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> but so like, if I do draw and it's honest and it's how I felt at the time and I'm not lying, then I'm good. Right. Yeah, yeah it definitely gives a sense of, for me anyway, like a sense of well being. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, it comes from so much not well-being, though. Like I it know. Comes, it comes from when I'm at, like, the best time that I can draw is when I'm in this, like, really weird, delirious state where I work myself up, like, you know, catastrophizing everything in my life, and I work myself up, and I suddenly get to this, I hit this point where I'm, like, I say something really stupid to myself that's so dramatic. Like, I'm just going to go into the woods and fucking, you know, fuck off and dig a hole. Right. See, that's where I'm going to, like, that's my life now. And I draw it and I see how absurd it is. And then I'm like, okay, well, that's funny. I'm funny. (laughs) It wasn't so bad and I can kind of get over it. I can, you know, I can, I got it out of my system. Yeah, that's so cool. Everything comes out of my system and, and I'm good. I'm good to go therapy that's what i mean by it yeah yeah that's cool it's like it's such a it's a it's a this is you know uh again i i want i'll this about this interview i I did the other day i we we were talking about that because he was saying the same thing uh this guy bobby chu he was saying um you know he was shy he felt like an outsider he related to monsters because he felt like one and um and we were talking about how it's like if you just have that freedom to follow your your art and your your impulse you you create your own therapy mm-hmm. you know it's not like it's not like you're like okay how am i going to deal with these issues i have it's like 
follow the art and 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 a healing path you know it becomes a healing path a therapeutic thing that not everyone's gonna get it right it's not about that. You're okay with that. Yeah, it's not about that. It's not about everyone. You know, it's also, I mean, it's, it's, we're, pri- I think that we're primarily doing this for ourselves and, 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 um, and we're just fortunate that people like it. And then, because of the internet. Right, right. Thank you, internet. Like, I wouldn't, oh, I, I wouldn't know. Without it. But, like, it's, I have great fans, but they're all across the world. Right. Like, they're not in one town. Yep. I couldn't do anything in my one town. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. That's another amazing thing that gets taken for granted is the internet, and I've talked about it before. It's it's you know, I I I do. I remember back in my dad's day when he was you know in the eighties, even like seventies, eighties, even the nineties. It was like, how would you get your artwork? You had to go through galleries, and you had to kiss ass to get try and get in galleries, and you had to, or you could take an ad out in an, in an art magazine for a thousand dollars. Just impossible to try and make it. I can't imagine how hard that is. You know, and G- Gabe. Plus artists take kissing ass too. Like we're so oh yeah, it's ter- yeah. Oh yes. We're, we're, yeah, that's why we, part of the reason we become artists because we don't want to mm-hmm. kiss ass. <laughs> but like Gabe, Gabe Leonard, you know, he he started. Was it in the nineties? But he he took his stuff. It was before the internet was an option. He would took his stuff down to Venice Beach and just start selling it on the boardwalk down there, just because like where else would can you go? You have to put it in front of people somehow. And now with the internet, it's you know people people should twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's for artists. It's amazing. It's like social media has been kind of a nightmare in, in a lot of ways. And I always. If you use it like social media. Yeah, if you use it the way they want you to, the way it was designed. If you use it for art, it's like delightful. Right. And and so many new up-and-coming amazing artists, I think, are just, that's how they're born. Yeah. Because they see other people as weird as them. They don't have to, like, you know, figure it out on their own. Right, right. Yeah, and it's it's great for... um, you know, just like like I said, also the the being able to put out that message, especially as a woman, you know, I think that's also like a really cool thing about what you're doing, you know, because there's expectations of especially of women to be proper. I got a psycho, like, oh, oh no, she has a child. That child's going to be a psychopath because right. of what she does. Right. Yeah, for sure. So so it's like you know, it's it's like it's got an added layer of coolness and greatness what you're with that message you're putting out there because you're just like that's why you know that's part of where like i said it just seems like you're so confident and, and empowered to, to... i'm happy <laughs> i'm happy i, I agree with that you do yeah. it's like your art your art, it's like your art is like strongly it's a big part of of your artwork so that's so cool and it's such a great important thing to to it's an important message it's, it's great. the one undamaged, you know, part of my brain that wants to save me, save <laughs> my artwork, and the rest of them are just like beating me up. Like, <laughs> right. Especially <laughs> that part. Yeah, I, I think that's true for most of us. You know, it's like, thank God for the art. Yeah. I, I remember when I went into therapy. I went into therapy in the '90s because of my OCD stuff, and um, and I remember telling the therapist when I was just getting to know her, I was like. Yeah, if it wasn't for my artwork, I think I would have gone. I would have gone crazy, and 
I just said it like offhand. I wasn't really, and I and and she like brought me, you know, like a good therapist does. She kind of brought me back to it. Like, what do you mean by that? And it got me to really think about it. That's like, you know, I never really up to that point. I'd never really thought about what how I would be if I didn't have that outlet, and it probably wouldn't have been good. No. You know. I, I like who I am without it, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, imagine us I without the... <laughs> like, we need to have something to do. What would I do? There's something... I have, like, hobbies and passions, other passions, but what would you do? Like, it wouldn't be enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't that's imagine a... anything unless you're creative in a different way. Right, right, yeah. But, but we're talking, when we're talking, like, without our art, we're talking about none, none of the creative stuff. Imagine life without that. It's like... It would be awful. I don't think I'd be a nice person. Yeah, exactly. I get all the uglies, ugly stuff out. But like, imagine just being stressed out all the time and then not being able to get it out. You'd be snapping at everybody. Right. You'd make everybody you love hate you. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> so it's a it's a healing, it's a healing I thing. I think that's why my family was so supportive of it because they knew they kind of knew. Oh really? I without it, yeah. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, the um, Kickstarter's like what? You got twelve days left. Yeah, yeah, twelve Something days like left. Something like that. Yeah. So, uh, what's the name of it? What's the name of it? How do people find it? I'll put it in the in the um, link, but I always like to. Uh, I'll put it in the body of the text, but I always like to say it in case people. Some people don't well, want to look. The name of the book is "I Can Be Myself When Everyone I Know Is Dead." <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So I if mean, you search that and Kickstarter, it'll come up. Yeah. Or if you just search Camila and Kickstarter, I'm sure there's not too many Camilas, but I don't know how to search. I'm sure that's. One <laughs> well, we'll put it. We'll put the. We'll put it in the uh, in the body uh, of the text. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said I was going to ask you like, what are your future plans? But it sounds like <laughs> you don't really have any. You have I any think, goals? Okay. Goals. Art goals, overall career uh, goals, or anything like that. The fact that I'm making a book is like very satisfying to me right now. Yeah. It's like dead, there's going to be something in mass production. Right. Of mine. Um, I know you got a publisher too. It's like I don't even have a publisher on mine. It's pretty cool that it's a small okay. independent Canadian publisher. Still though, they came so to I'm you. I'm lucky that like they're into awesome. Canadians and they want to promote some Canadian right. artists. That's great. Yeah, that was nice. That was I didn't expect that because I don't think without a publisher I would make a book. Right. I don't have the patience. For oh my god, it was a, it's a it's a nightmare. It's been a nightmare of horrors. I can't imagine. It's terrible. Is that a though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank God, but still, it was like just organizing, figuring out how to present it. Oh, it was like, oh, terrible. I wouldn't be able to do that myself. Yeah. That's why I'm lucky that I have them, and I've seen the like I've seen the. Like the book's pretty much done, and I've seen it on the computer, and it looks great. It looks oh. way better. Like they made it look really great. I'm like, oh, did I did I make all that shit? That's good. Like, <laughs> um, what was the question? Oh, my goals. Yeah. I want to get back into sculpting. I want to keep learning. I want to cake up oil painting. Yeah, you. What we? What what's what do you most what media media do you use with your drawings and stuff it's mostly horrible. see when i started drawing i was so scared of like a nice piece of paper 
like it was intimidating. Mm-hmm. So I'd start drawing on garbage. Like literally, I would start drawing on scraps and garbage in the back of McDonald's, like kids' menus and <laughs> stuff like that. And I would use masking tape because I would just use pen and be like, I'm not planning, I'm just using pen. So if I fucked up, I'd just put some masking tape down. Right. Um, so now I still use ballpoint pen. I love it so much. Yeah. I use acrylic washes. I mean, I could use something actually made for washes like watercolor or gouache, but I refuse. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I want to learn more stuff. I love, I, I mean, I love the way it, your stuff looks, and I love, I love drawing with ballpoint pen. Actually, it so it's much. it's I great. It. I can't stop. Like it's so, it's just so intuitive too. Like you can right. go lighter, and they go lighter. Like it's just right, okay. right. I've tried other things. I I also do use pencil crayon to finish up on top of the acrylic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on another book. I guess that's like worth mentioning. Another book. Well, it's like really, it t- took a long time. There's an author that contacted me a couple, like a year, a couple years ago, uh-huh. maybe more because I'm bad with time. Uh, his name is Octavio and he liked my art and he started writing all these stories based on the art I've already created. And, oh, just cool. sent him and he's like, Hey, you want to do a book? And I'm like, yeah. And then recently I Googled him and it's a real art author. So that's good. Oh God, that's so cool. <laughs> he's done books before, so I'm like hopeful. That's um, amazing. So he's actually just writing stuff for things I've already, like sketches and unfinished things I've already created that he's seen. And they're really cool, like dark. Excellent. Little stories. Um, and then, so I'm just kind of like going back to all my old stuff and redrawing it like in a nicer way. Oh, cool. I'm redrawing like I'm much better at drawing now than I was five years ago. Right. So I mean, it's it's better now. How fun! I don't know if it's gonna be out because we're just finishing up. The, I think I just have like ten or fifteen drawings, but unfortunately, I've been stringing him along for like half a year. These last ones done. So you're gonna kickstart it again, or are you gonna look for a publisher, or? I don't know. I don't want to think that far ahead because I kickstarted. Kickstarter is great, but it's also so, like, I've lost so much sleep over it. I know, it's stressful. It's really stressful. I'm so upset. Like, I want everything, like, I just want everything done now. I hate waiting. Right. But I'm so grateful to everyone that's, like, donated. That's, like, beyond, like, I never even, when I was little, I never even thought I would get paid for anything I did. I'm so, I'm so. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. For everything, but it's so stressful. Just don't over promise on your rewards is all. That's the one number one. I'm like I still I got the book done. I'm waiting for it to get printed. I'll have it in November. Actually, I haven't even had time to do an update on my Kickstarter page. This is five years now, right? Um, Oh, you know, uh, and (laughs) I don't even want to. I don't even want to talk. I don't even want to talk about it. But uh, I still have like. A bunch of the rewards I still have to do and fulfill, and it's like it, it's because I. Some of them. What's that? So thank God for patient people, right? Oh, they've been people have been great. Ninety-eight percent yeah. of people have been amazing. Two percent of people have been fucking assholes, and I'll never. So I'm not. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. A couple of people are just so evil about it, but but overall, everyone's been. Amazing. I can't, so I can't complain at all, especially for a project take, that's taken this long. 
but the books ended up ends up it's like it's like an encyclopedia it's so thick it's cr- it's cr- it's great what's that it's expensive how many pages well, it's like, now, I know that's the other thing it's just under 400 pages oh that's nice though yeah it's great so people that waited they'll be like they're gonna get their money it could be I'm you know I charged I think 40 bucks for the book for the Kickstarter because I thought it was gonna be a 200 page book it's not a $40 book it's like an $80 book or something so I, I'm gonna you know I bought extra copies to sell but anyway my point being was that I still have a bunch of figurines i gotta finish painting and a a ouija board i gotta make that was a reward and it was like i what happened was i was so i was just afraid that i wasn't gonna make it so i kept offering more and more rewards and 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 you know you start just like thinking okay the more money we could do the better book we could make and i see you start offering more and it's just like it's part of selling your soul for Starter. Yeah, it's just it's part been part of the whole thing is that that part of the nightmare is that you know as soon as this book, as soon as I got the book, then I I still have six months of rewards to do, and then I got to fit that in with trying to make keep making money. So it's not over for me, but it's it's close. Anyway, not not about me. So you so you got <laughs> you got. Uh, that's cool. Another book coming out. It sounds like maybe he's handling all the other, yeah, getting I, it published and stuff. Questions. I should. But I, it I sounds know. cool though. Yeah, I think it's called Odd Girls. Like a little, I don't know yet exactly what it's what the end title is going to be. And he's giving me really free reign. I'm drawing some fucked up things for him, and he's writing some fucked up things for me. <laughs> so it's really cool. Like there's like a lot of like revenge little girls getting revenge on their, you know, pedophile fathers kind of stuff going on in there. Oh, great. I don't know. <laughs> I'm hoping a publisher will be into that and like it. I think it's interesting. I really, I'm really into the stories. So that's exciting. That's great. Yeah, the sooner, the, the closer it gets to actually being complete, the more exciting it actually is because before that, it's just an idea, an abstract idea. You're not sure. Yeah, so right. Sure. So I'd love, and my, my current publisher is offered has asked me to maybe do a proposal for a book or two in the future. Amazing. This is great. This is yeah. big for you. This is big, big news. I'm, yeah. I'm, I sound not excited, but I'm excited. I just, I'm not so much. Like, I'm trying, I'm, as I'm talking, I'm thinking, what am I going to do? Right. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, can I do it? Can I, like, make a thing for someone who's asking me? Like, or am I just going to do my own thing? Or maybe, are they going to be okay? Yeah, the thing i think they're kind of cool like that to be you know, right i am they got to know by now you're gonna do your own thing <laughs> yeah i'm trying working on it so hard not being so rebellious to people that are trying to help me right like no matter what if you're trying to help me even if you're trying to help me i'm like eh, no <laughs> <laughs> so, i'm working on that that's exciting though sounds yeah. like you know that i i think the seems like you know, you're 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 on a great path. Yeah, some stuff's happening, so I'm happy. Yeah. I mean, even if I wasn't on a great path, I'd still be happy if I could draw every day. Right. So I'm just lucky. I'm lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you know, I'm a I'm a big fan. I love I your stuff. So. I'm a big fan of yours. So, do you saying you're a big fan of mine? Is, you know, silently blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> You got, I've seen you've got Brahms a fan of yours. 
and I have some really cool. People You've got some person. big artists that are fans of your work. It's like you, you know. <laughs> and then I'm like, am I pulling a fast one over them? Why are they fans of my no, work? No, that's. And then I think of the quote: "I would never be a member of a club that would have me." Right. right? <laughs> and I'm like, what's wrong with them? Why, why do they like me? Yeah. They have to <laughs> But yeah, I'm that's that just that just. I don't know why they like it, but I'm happy. I'm not going well, to think you, you know, much about it. You like it. You like I what love, you make. I love it. I mean, Brom, who's a personal hero of right. mine. Same here. Of course, my book. And I, I listened to the Brom interview too. I love him so much. He's yeah, so nice. he's awesome. That's the thing. People like you and there's Brom and Doug Stanett and and right. James O'Farr. Like when I reached out for like to ask you guys. For endorsements or whatever, you guys are so nice to me. Like I even I wouldn't have been that nice to like you know. You're just so nice. It just blows my mind and it reinforces in me. You know, people in this industry, like in the dark arts, are so nice to each other. Right. They're just unbelievably. People in my normal life aren't as nice as you guys are. That's what I'm saying. That's what, that's what it seems like. <laughs> that's what the, the way it is in the dark art world. It's really strange. And then and then it's like when they're when a person comes up in that scene that isn't like that, then they stick out like a sore thumb. So it's like harder to get away with that kind of stuff. And cause they'll just get ostracized immediately. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. Uh, but you know, your work speaks for itself. So, so I think that, uh, you know, I'm sure you've got even a lot, probably a lot more, um, well-known artist fans that you don't know of yet, but, but having this book out, you you know, it's, it's gonna, I'm sure they're going to come out of the woodwork and, Hopefully, I'm going to influence some children in the wrong section of the library. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I can't wait to show my granddaughters your book. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> but we'll, well, we'll have to um, have you back on too when your other book comes out, or you know, yeah. whether it's through this publisher or the the uh, the book with this other dude. Um, come on yeah. to promote it and check in with you and stuff, but. It was really excellent to talk to you. And... It was so nice. I'm so pleased with how it went. And oh, good, I good. I'm so nervous. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, it was like... We do put people on It's easy. <laughs> I think it's because I'm such like a slob or something. <laughs> the people like, don't get intimidated because I'm like this hairy guy and my room, room's all messy in here. And <laughs> but what, I'm not going to question it. It works. Uh, people enjoy it. But yeah, so, uh, what, so where can people... Where's the best place for people to see your your work instagram wooded I woods think, i mean I'm, I'm on facebook i'm everywhere but instagram wooded woods or camilla or whatever yeah i have over 3500 pieces of art just randomly there excellent it's a lot to look through yeah that's a lot yeah that's mm -hmm. great yeah, you're pretty easy to find. As far, your artwork's easy to find online. Wait, you aren't. You aren't easy to find, but your artwork is. But uh, uh, anyway, I, I posted in the Dark Art Society group um, on Facebook, and uh, and everyone was excited. Got a lot of people commenting how excited they were to hear your episode. So you've got a lot of fans in there. So um, uh, yeah. So thanks for coming on the show. A really excellent talking to you and. Um, yeah, awesome. So we're, we're so we have to do the sign off now, where we have to say goodbye to the audience, and don't hang up. I always forget to tell the people on this podcast that I interview, don't hang up when I say goodbye because I have to stop the recording, and sometimes people hang up and it's awkward. No, no, no. <laughs> I was already 
Yeah, don't, so, but we have to say goodbye, audience. So say goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye audience. Bye.